What's up, Overcomers? Welcome to another episode of the Overcoming You podcast. I am your host, Josh Canuti. Thank you for tuning in. Please hit that subscribe button, give us a rating, write us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback on the podcast. My guest today is a MMA fighter fighting for Bellator. He's got a big fight coming on. He's on a huge win streak, knocking people out left and right. First round finishes. The guy is a badass to say the least. But on top of that, he's an awesome human being and he has had to fight through a lot of adversity in his life. He's had to fight through being homeless, fight through going through a overdose, and a bunch of other adversity. And if you're not an MMA fan, if you're not a combat fan, listen to his mindset, listen to how he fights through his life challenges and how he overcomes so you can take his advice and fight through your challenges and overcome. Please welcome my guest today, Ian Buck. And if you win, you win. They're great. But if you lose, yeah. it's a huge, huge blessing. So now we can fix the holes that we are missing so we can get a win next time. And you should thank that person. And we're live nice. with one of the baddest motherfuckers <laughs> on the planet. He's got a fight coming up on the 28th. How many? You're on like a massive win streak right now, too. Two fights, two first round finishes. First round finishes. Yeah, that's big. Ian Butler, Bellator fighter. <laughs> What's going down? Thanks, man. I really do appreciate you doing this. Thanks for uh, taking time out of your busy schedule. I know we're getting close to fight day and you got all the training and shit going. Yeah, so. three weeks away. This is like my last hard week of three days, two days. And then next week, I'll start hitting stuff but not as strenuous. Like, everything will be short. So pretty much for drinkers out there, is, oh, when you're in training camp, you're just doing big drinks and stuff like that. You're running pints, and then when you're getting really close, you start just doing shot, like shots, pretty yeah, much, okay. like short workout. So not so the last two weeks, it's not going to be super strenuous, just like more technique. It will get my heart rate going up, and yeah. then it will just be short. My All my training sessions before were like two or three hours long, and then now it's just going to be like 30 minutes, 45, yeah. heart rate up, boom. Let's work on technique and this, this, and this. You're not going to get in the best shape of your life in the last two weeks. Right. You know? right. <laughs> yeah. If you're not, if you haven't done the if work, you haven't done the work already. Yeah, you're like you're kind of fucked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, so we were chatting a little bit before the podcast about the weight cut. So you're walking around buck seventy eight, buck seventy five ish. Yeah. 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 And you're going like, to fight I, at one sixty five. Mm -hmm. And so what was the? How are you going to do your weight cut? Down. So I. So this is like really important, right? Because yeah. I have kids in the wrestling program and. I tell them like cutting weights like super important. Obviously, it's not safe, but I do it the safest way yeah. possible for kids out there. So I don't cut more than five. It's so it's a lot better, right? Yeah. Now I had my bad weight cuts. Like I did thirty pounds in two weeks before. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. I did eighteen pounds in one day before. It's it's not fucking good. How do you and do eighteen pounds in one day? Yeah, dude, it was fucking. I woke up at five o'clock in the morning, put a sauna suit on, and this is when I was living in St. Louis, Missouri, and I had to go to Chicago. So oh. I woke up in the morning, sauna suit, three o'clock, sweated out some pounds, drove in a car with a sauna suit, heat blasting. I had a couple of my boys riding with me just to be supportive. Every time I stopped, they got food, so we're being dicks. Oh, yeah, I know. You're like McDonald's chewing on ice. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and. That was 18 pounds in one day. Like, yeah. I remember that vividly that I would never, ever do it ever again. And I had one bad weight cut in my pro career. And it's just stupid, man. Like, yeah. You know, and I just invested in, like, obviously, like, my straight conditioning coach, Jake, over at Shamba. Like, yeah. we talk about a lot of stuff. And just walking around lower, just making healthy choices. And, and I want to do this for a very long time, right? Yeah. When I used to fight at 55, it was just very bad. Like, I, I can probably make it now with the people mm -hmm. around me safely, but it just wasn't good, man. Guy, I used to get hit, Michael Biz being big UFC guys, not fall down. And when I used to cut down to 50, 55, touch me with their fingertip, blowing across the, yeah, blowing yeah. across the cage, right? Didn't have any water in my brain. That Five, shit scares me. It is. Yeah. It is, man. And and now we're going through, like, a lot of people dying. There, well, there was that, that boxer that just- Boxer that just died. Yeah. But I heard that he had a good weight cut and everything, but still, you have yeah. to think about it. That that still adds to it. God forbid what sure. he was doing. Um, there was a kid out in Thailand. 
a kid and a girl that died. Guy that's like, I'm going to go cut weight. I, he put on a sauna suit and went to go run, which in Thailand, it's already it's, yeah, fucking hot. It's always hot there. You could have just did that without putting bags on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He went missing for a couple hours. His roommate's like, dude, where the hell is my roommate? He should have been back by now driving and found his body on the side of the road because oh. he overheated and then died. And then there was a girl that tried to do it too and hospitalized, right? Yeah. Went, slipped into the coma, didn't come out, died the next day. And there was things where, like wrestlers too, when we were wrestling, right? Yeah. Like about having bad weight. But I'm so glad like now it's uh, very safe. And that's the thing though. Yeah. I've been through some... I've been through the bad times that like I learned from my lesson and stuff like that. And like I said, I'm going to do it for a very long time. At least in wrestling, when you're cutting weight, you're not getting hit in the head. You're just wrestling. Yeah. Especially with combat, like MMA and combatives, like you need to have a safe weight cut. And now there's a lot of people going up now, which I I love. Yeah. I I love. Absolutely. Yeah. I think those weight cuts like freak me out. Not freak me out. I mean, it just... just seems like it's so bad for the body. Sorry for all the listeners that are not like MMA fans, but like it just <laughs> seems so bad for the body and the brain and and all that type of stuff. It's just and, and granted, like it's it's something that me and Jake talked about today. The number one thing that even though they are professional fighters and they're stepping in, it's outside of the fight that that's why they're having bad weight cuts. Because the number one word, which is discipline. Yeah, they're going out like, dude, you can. You can enjoy life. You can eat a pizza. You can eat a hamburger. But I know people that fought at 170 that was walking around at like 220. No. 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 On a regular. Uh-uh. On a regular. Does Does Bellator allow, allow you to do IVs? Yes. Okay. Good, good, good. They least do. That's, like, that, at least that helps, yeah. right? But like, why are you making a big fucking weight cut that you're doing IVs? But right. I'm, I'm a fan of IVs even if you're cutting like two fucking pounds. Just, just so like you're safe. And not only that, but the California State Commission is the best in the world. They make sure you get weighed in twice with California State Athletic Commission. Oh, okay. So you have your official weigh-ins. You have the fake one. So it's kind of like three. And then when you show up to the arena, they put you on a scale and see how much you gained overnight. Oh, really? Because if you're like crash dieting, right? Everybody knows like you go out. It could be you're like one pizza away from fucking gaining like 15 <laughs> pounds, right? They consider that, which is true, which crash dieting ain't safe. You didn't do this naturally, so you're cutting a lot of weight. So you can't gain more than 10% of your body weight from what you weighed in. That's good. And if you do it more than two or three times, they remove you up a weight class now. Oh, that's I am I'm actually not not that I'm a fan pa- of that. Yeah, I'm not a, I'm a fan, I'm a of, fan that. of that. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah totally. California has taken a big step that I think the whole country is definitely going to probably follow. So yeah, like nice. yeah, yeah. On this podcast, we we like to start with kind of describing yourself in high school, and the reason being is that a lot of like high school, some a uh, <laughs> lot of a lot of our personalities and things that that we have to like overcome okay. start in high school. And I know that you had some uh, challenges, so it's kind of two for the price of one. I know you were a wrestler. Were mm-hmm. you just like a full on? Jock, were you talk of the town? Were you kind of a quiet kid, outgoing? Kind of, if you had to describe yourself looking Very back. Very outgoing. Yeah. Um, I said the key word, it's finding myself. I was still trying to find myself, right? Yeah. Even though I was very outgoing. Um, I was the kid that, like, I would say was popular, but wasn't popular, mm-hmm. right? Like, everybody knew me. And when I'm walking in the hallways, they're like, oh, what's up, Ian? I'm like, hey, man, what's up? And yeah. my friend's like, who's that guy? I'm like, I don't even fucking know. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. I was that guy because like it, like even in, I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri, right? So yeah. Missouri is still very segregated, right? Uh, I think even in high school, like segregation, even if you're not from the Midwest, is big because like you have your your jocks, your preps, your right. gothic kids, you're in band, you know, yeah. that's technically segregation, right? Like For you have sure. your groups, you have your cliques, right? And usually people in those cliques stay in their cliques. I talked to everybody. Yep. I didn't care if you was a gothic kid. I had friends that were gothic, right? Like I had people, friends that I grew up from like the fucking hood that was selling shit in high school. Yeah. Like, you know, but I was just cool with. So that was pretty much me in high school. Yeah. So, yeah. I was the exact same way. I, you said that's actually really, really good. I was the popular kid without being the popular, popular kid. Right. Because <laughs> I would talk to everybody. So. Not that I was a star athlete by any stretch of the imagination, but 
I was playing basketball and I would hang out with all the people that would party. And then I would still hang out with some like preppy kids. And so same thing, you walk down people could be like, Hey, what's going on? Canuti? And like, Hey, what's up? And I'm like, I don't know who the fuck that guy is. <laughs> you know? And so it's, it, or like I'd be wasted at a party or something on the weekend. And then yeah. people are like, Hey, you were dancing on, on the pool table or whatever. It's like, yeah, well, that's what I happens. do. Right? <laughs> yeah. Do you, uh, question for you? Like why were you super outgoing in high school? I was, you know, that's a really fucking good question. So I was really, really outgoing and still am. And, but looking back, it was because I was trying to get, trying to get people to like me. And I realized that the more outgoing and kind of outlandish, I would get more attract more. It would attract and I would get more um, compliments or adulation or, or something like that. And it was, Oh, I was overcompensating for a very horrible self image. Mm. And so I, because of the shit that I grew up with, you know, uh, we have, I think some similarities, not the exact same, but (laughs) parallel, which I want to go into, you know, I think, I wanted to ask you, so my mom left me at a liquor store when I was eight years old. What? And that was, and then I saw her again when I was 18 because she tried to like sue me for like this little inheritance I was going to get. It's like all like 18 grand. So it's not like fuck ton of money or anything. But if you're fucking broke, that's the world, bro. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and so I always felt like kind of like nobody wanted me. Like she didn't want me, even though I was with my, my dad, my dad was, you know, provider and all that type of stuff. But I, I felt that. I just felt like not wanted. And so I wanted to ask you, because gotcha. you kind of went through something parallel a very little bit. Similar, so Very similar. Um, yeah, the way I grew up, like, yeah, I grew up in homeless shelters, like, and with my biological mom. So I have two moms, right? Mm-hmm. So I have an adopted mom named Katie Andrews, and she's pretty much star human being, right? Like, top, like, yeah. number one, top as a kid. She pretty much was, like, an Olympic swimmer. And she taught me every. She got me into sports right away, stuff like that. And when and then I eventually got taken away from my mom. Permanent, semi permanently. I fell asleep in school, and they're like, "Why did he even fall asleep in school? He's been sleeping in school a lot." And they're like, "Well, he also catches like four buses to get to school. Yeah, like where's he living at?" They're like, "Oh, he's living in this homeless shelter." Which obviously by any parent situation like that's not a great way to raise a child right Right. so i got taken away by social services and child like services right and who picked me up at the boys home was katie andrews so katie was also my mom's best friend and how old were you when katie got you like seven or eight okay like yeah yeah so you know so i I remember her and Katie met at a soup kitchen because we used to go there and eat all the time. Okay. And she's just like, oh, who like who's this little kid? It's like, that's my son Ian. And she used to come around on weekends. And I was like, what is this lady doing here? Yeah. Like, And she used to like take me to like water parks and stuff like that. And I think she was just always one of the child, you know, I pretty much became hers. And she picked me up one day and took me home and... I was like, so my nickname on the wrestling team was like the blind side, pretty much. Right? So, like, <laughs> so the she took me home. We're driving. The, yeah. of the gates open up. It's like higher up in San Diego, Balboa, right? Okay. And uh, I stroll in the house, and it's like, like two story house, right? What she the had, fuck? I know, right? And yeah. she had cable t- TV, right? Oh shit! And I, I know, and I'm like more than three fucking channels. <laughs> she has more than three fucking channels. She's so with it with a controller with a controller. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have to go turn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Without styrofoam on the on the antennas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, yeah. Uh, the tin foil. Yeah, the tin foil. Yeah. <laughs> oh, remember that? And then, uh, yeah, man. And from there, she pretty much invested extremely in her life and she bought my first wrestling shoes she put me in football she put me in baseball yeah she let me try out like a lot of sports actually you know and she just set a great example honestly from that day that's instilled in my life today yeah right so looking back a lot of times you know when you're going through it in those ages even from seven to high school you really don't know what the fuck is going on like a lot of times you can't express emotions and stuff like that or Mm -hmm. feelings but looking back and I only ask this because that's the way I felt. Right. Do you, did you ever feel like not good enough or not wanted or anything like that with your yeah. birth mom versus yeah, yeah, yeah. Katie? 
Yeah. So I so my situation such a like, tough fucking thing. It's, to it's feel. tough, right? Especially at high school, right? Yeah. I think that's why like some kids commit suicide, honestly. Yeah. Like, right? My situation was my mom got into my biological mom got into a homeless shelter, right? Mm-hmm. So I really felt this way in high school because after she got in the homeless shelter, Katie let me go back with my mom because it was an open adoption, right? Interesting. So she wanted to take me so my mom could get back on her feet. Yeah. You know, but she was still always involved in my life. And then when she really got back on her feet, she decided to move back to St. Louis, Missouri. Yeah. And I moved to Ferguson, Missouri. Oh. Right? Great. <laughs> yeah. I, heard, I heard great things about it. I've heard great things about there's it. There, there's yeah. some good and there's some bad. <laughs> yeah. So it's been it's been it, in the <laughs> headlines from time to time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I moved around. Uh, I went to U City, and then eventually went to Overland, went to a school called Rittner. And so I'm back with my biological mom. But every summer and every couple of months, you go back with Katie. Exactly, I fly back to Katie. Yeah. So she was in my life. What a fucking saint of a woman Katie is Played to have that every plane ticket for me to go back. To I mean, not only to take you in and, and do all the things that she's done for you, but to be such a huge, to be a big person and have an open adoption, because like my wife and I, we've talked about, we've decided not to have kids, but we talked about adoption right. before, and we were like, oh, we would definitely just do close adoption. We Like we want, we want the kid to be ours, but yeah. like that's actually the bigger thing to do. You know, I don't, God, it's so huge, man. So like, gnarly, and, and, so what a saint. And even as an adult, I still have, I know my biological mom, we talk okay. like almost every Sunday or here and there. I still have issues with my biological mom and especially in high school. So get back to high school, right? Yeah. So my biological mom tried to make up from living in homeless shelters. Mm. So she wasn't a mom. She became a friend. Uh, friend equaled into... Like, are you smoking weed? Like, oh, that's cool. Just do it in the house. Or you having people over to drink, stuff like that. You can do that. Katie was a mother right. of, like, discipline. You need to be back at this time, like, stuff like that. Yeah. And not only that, I was trained at, like, an early age of 12. Like, you need to put this, this in your body, like, to perform. Right. And I'm like, this is like flag fucking football. Are you kidding me? Like, like, yeah. Stuart, like, like, but she instilled that, like, from day one. Like, day one. And... So I'm um, with my biological mom in high school. It it was a crazy time, right? And we're broke at the time, super broke. I had to like warm up water to take baths and like the microwave stuff oh, like shit. that. Like yeah, yeah, you know, um, wearing handy downs. And then you got to go to fucking high school. Yeah, right. That's sweet. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And then my high school was like a fucking like showtime at the fucking Apollo. Like, uh. if you wore the fucking wrong shoes. You get laughed at. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember I I wore Rydell shoes? Rydell. Rydell shoes one time and I got laughed out of the gym no. at basketball practice. I got, everyone has Nike's and Reeboks and all that type of stuff and I wore Rydell shoes and my my basketball team was like, "What the fuck are those?" And I'm like, God damn it, dad. I fucking knew these were bullshit. Oh, dude. <laughs> got a like, big there, five there on sale. So many there were so many incidents of that in middle school and high school, man. Yeah. And um, I talked about this with my friend because, like, he was, like, a comedian. And he grew up in Atlanta, and he's Muslim. Like, he's – and he goes, like, you know how many times people fucking called me Atlanta? I mean, uh, uh, Aladdin at my oh, fucking school, right? Oh, yeah. And he goes, like, but you know what? When you're struggling through stuff, us kids, like, making jokes and stuff, like, that's just the way we process things to get over from, like, a shitty situation that right. we're, like, living in and stuff like that. I had, don't get me wrong, I had some good days when I made fun of some people. And I had my fucking bad days when you're like, I don't know if I can even fucking show up to school the next day. Yeah. You know? So definitely high school, I was definitely trying to find myself. I wanted to be wanted. I was living in a shitty situation, just talking to people and having friends. And I think the reason why I was so outgoing in high school, even living in shitty situations, mm-hmm. was because of Katie. Because... I was really good at wrestling and really good at football. So she always used to send me to football camps and okay. wrestling camps all across the country. I used to go to West Virginia, all these different wow. places, right? So she always told me when I'm traveling, she goes like, hey, make sure you don't talk to your best friend or stay with your best friend the whole time there. 
Interesting. You, you need to make an, you need to make a new friend every single day. Yeah. Not only meet a new friend, but you need to get their contact info so you can write them letters. Letters back in the day and yeah. postcards, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's something that's still instilled in me like every single day. When there's a new person in the gym, I'll come up and like, hey, what are you about? Let's talk. That's where it came from. And I, I think that's what translated over to high school into like my adult life like now. Yeah. And then in high school, still trying to find myself while wearing like hand down <laughs> goodwill clothes. And like, yeah. yeah, it's tough, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then you had a um, unfortunate prank happened to you yeah <laughs> so that yeah. was and it's a really fucking unfortunate it, prank it really, really like unfortunate prank yeah yeah so d- talk about that yeah. so what happened so i like i said like i was i was smoking weed right yeah like i think that was like the normal high school thing to do because you're like experimenting doing right. stuff you're growing so smoking weed and then i end up smoking a lot of weed uh-huh. uh I was on the wrestling team, so I took my sports very seriously. I didn't really do anything during wrestling season. Okay. When it came outside of that, I wouldn't say everything in the books, but I I we I, I smoked and I drank. My friends at the time, this one friend, like we started smoking weed together and experimenting together. He just went off on a train and just started trying all kinds of different shit, right? Oh, really? Like pills, stuff like that. Yeah. And I was like, man, I'm not interested. I just want to smoke weed. And they kept on pushing pills on me, kept on pushing pills on me, didn't want to do it. Yeah. And then one day they came over and wrestling season getting ready to start. So which means I'm not going to do anything. They they came over and they're like, hey, like, let's smoke one last time before you start wrestling. You're like, did. Yeah. And then, hey, you should take these pills. I'm like, no, man. Like, I'm good. He's like, it'll make your high even stronger. I'm like, no, I'm okay. Right. I had a big box of candy I used to, like, munch on. Right? That was, like, my munchy choice. Like, yeah. Annihilator, stuff like that. <laughs> they dumped it all out, which I didn't know, and they put pills in it. Do you know? Do you remember? Do you know what type? Or was Still it, like, to this day, oxy- don't even know. Oh. And I pretty much lifted up to my the box up to my mouth and swallowed over like 15 to like 20 pills and oh and then uh yeah and then went to bed that night my heart was raised and then what happened after that i passed out and then i remember waking up in the ambulance and then passed out again and then no i start shit. seeing my biological mom bedside and they're like yeah you fucking overdosed like your heart stopped yeah 50 seconds or like more and the nurse was just kept on telling me, like, you're not even supposed to be here right now. Right. You know? And then at that time, like, my wrestling was getting real serious. One of the highest recruited guys in the country. Right. They all found out what happened, and they ripped all my scholarships away, you know? Because you were, like, full-on D1. Yeah, yeah, Every, yeah. every which way. Yeah. Not to bring up bad shit, but what were some of the D1 schools that were... Because you were um, recruited, like, in sophomore, <laughs> junior year, right? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't even senior. Like, yeah. you were... Yeah. They were like, holy shit, yeah. we have we have freaking John Jones Jr. I coming know. in. West Virginia was one of them, which is a big program. Powerhouse. Um, I had to land up for Stanford. Yeah, <sighs> and um, Mizzou, obviously, because I was back back home in Mizzou. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's what fucking happened. And, and, and um, then you ended up going to did they, Greenville. Is that like a... Was, Is that even a D school? Do they have like C four? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and then not only that, but my high school kicked me out of school. Yeah, it's like I missed so many days because, and then I start having panic attacks. Like I start having fucking issues, man. Sure. And I end up getting my GED. Greenville sent me a letter. You should come down here. I'm like, okay. To explain Greenville, Illinois, middle of fucking nowhere, driving down cornfields, fucking yeah. cows. And to the right of the exit, you make a left, and that's the, the little town. And you have the school, and then the other side is the fucking state prison, which I didn't know. Oh, fancy! So, yeah, 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 sweet. So I lasted a semester <laughs> at Greenville, <laughs> and <laughs> then I took a college course at Merrimack Community College, which the wrestling team was actually like pretty. Dis- Michael Johnson that fought in the UFC. Oh, nice. Merrimack, yeah. Like, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and a couple of stars uh, went there, and then I got enrolled into Lindenwood University, which were six-time like wrestling champs okay. at, at their school, and it moved to the D two eventually. But yeah, uh, Jonathan Brookins came from there. Al real like a lot of UFC guys, uh, Josh so, Sampo, Al Lopridge, and then yeah. And so during that during that time, so 
I mean, looking back, you were on this path of this amazing wrestling career. Mm-hmm. You were, and all that fucking shit just crumbled. Yeah. And so are you just thinking, like, I really don't know what to do, but this is all I know? Because, yeah, like, so because I, how, why would you keep wrestling? Because, like, if, if I'm in your shoes, if I'm just being honest, I'm not yeah. being self-deprecating, I'd just be like, well, fuck, fuck it. it, I'm done. Right. Now, like, why why would I go to this this fucking cow yeah. D4 school or whatever? Man, it, it, What's, it was it was so... So when we talked about finding ourselves, right? Yeah. Like in high school, I really found myself on the wrestling mat. And not uh, only that, but like even in training today, I think I've become a better person because of that. Because I think all my deepest and darkest fears of shit that happened to me, stuff I want in life, wrestling's fucking hard, man. And I think it cuts out a lot of bullshit in life. There's, I played a lot of team sports too. There's a lot of fucking politics in team sport or just like yep. if you're working in a business office, there's a lot of politics there probably, right? Yeah. There's somebody like CEO son that's in a position that probably doesn't fucking deserve it. Timmy's playing quarterback when you have a better arm than him, but the dad's the fucking coach. A lot of that shit. Wrestling was one-on-one. If you're good, you're good. If yeah. you're bad, you're bad. Like, but And it's gonna, black and white. Yeah. And we're going to find out once you shake hands on the mats, the lights are on. We're going to see. I felt a lot of myself in those situations with the hard practices. Are you going to give up? Stuff like that. A lot of mental, a lot of mental demons inside of us. It's like, won't you just quit? Like you could just easily just pull an injury or fake injury. And I'm like, yeah, we just keep going. Like I, I, yeah, man. I think that's valuable as fuck. And I think. Athletics are one of the few spots that you can have that, which, and what I mean have that is it's black or white. It's either you are do the thing you're supposed to do in order to win, and you know whether you slacked off in practice. You know whether when you stand across that, that map against that guy, you know whether you did, did the shit. Yeah. And either you're going to be confident, you're still going to have fear, which I will go to later. Sure. Still going to have fear, but you're going to be confident like, hey, I gave him my all. I didn't quit. Yeah. I didn't pull a some bullshit i there's nobody else in charge of my success other than than me and so few people get that and that's why i think people are so drawn to sports yeah, because there's yeah. a little piece in everybody yeah. in in you you know when i watch you fight or when people watch you fight they go fuck you know people intuitively know what you did to get there and they they like project themselves onto you or project themselves onto their team and i think that's why like now is the most powerful because you got like podcasts and you got like video blogs yeah i think youtube is like the biggest fucking thing today right that's like, all i uh, watch at home yeah. i was trying to bring my yeah. guy here but he fucking like had to shoot a commercial good oh. for you mason <laughs> <laughs> good for fucking you mate. i'm uh, proud of you We're yeah shooting a commercial i think it's so that's the only thing i really watch right like behind yeah. the scenes, those fair weather fans that like they don't really watch behind the scenes, right? Mm-hmm. So, so there's fans that watch behind the scenes and they're like, oh, like his cat's name is like Rufus and stuff like that. Those are like true fucking fans, right? right? And then it's just fans are just like, we're just here to see the game, right? They don't understand what the fuck you've been through. Right. Like, they don't understand the process to get here or the training camps to get here yeah. to this process. They just see you win or you lose. Right. And that's it. People that's been in the grind with you are just... Yeah. Fuck, man. Like, I, I think those people really honestly don't even care about the result. They just want you to just give it your all and just, like, yeah. that's it, man. Like, and that's all about just life in general. Like, for sure. Give it your 100% effort. That's what I tell my kids in wrestling when I teach them. Just give me a thousand percent effort. And if you win, you win. They're great. But if you lose, yeah. it's a huge, huge blessing. So now we can fix the holes that we are missing. So we can get a win next time. And you should thank that person. Yeah. Because he just made you a better fucking person and a better fucking athlete. Yeah, there's so much to that. Because when you do, when you give a 110%, when your kids give 110% and they lose, they didn't lose because they themselves are bad. They just happened to have an individual that was that was better. Good. Meaning you couldn't do any more. Yeah. And when you know that you can't do any more, there's so much gratification yeah. in there. There's so much gratification in that. And not to toot my own horn with the podcast, but on this leading up to this launch of this podcast, I could not have done anything more. And so when somebody said something negative, it didn't it didn't hurt my feelings. Like I yeah. had some people close to me say some things, you know, not not so so cool. 
but it's like didn't hurt my feelings because I could not do anything more. I could not be any better. Right. And so if I failed, I failed. That's fine. Right. Then I just know how to get better. At least I fucking tried and Ex- I put myself out there and exactly. I fucking failed, right? Exactly. Just put it on. I, it's funny how like people will say negative stuff because you just showed your true colors, right? Yeah. And they're probably, it's like something inner in them that's fucking scared yes. to fucking do it, but they just don't want to put themselves out yeah. there, right? Freeing, it's gratifying. Like it's, and I put myself out there in front of millions of fucking people. Yeah. Millions of fucking yeah. people, but yeah. That's what I'm, I'm almost certain anybody that, that throws hate on anybody and anything doesn't make a difference what it is they're hurting they're hurting inside for sure that's why i want to put this podcast out because like as of right now what's the date day today as we do this podcast it's september 15th or 10th of the year it's day 240 something right and there's been 255 mass shootings this year so more mass shootings than there are are days but that's because they're fucking hurting inside Yeah, yeah, yeah they don't have they don't they don't get that opportunity to fix whatever they're going in, so they want to go out. And that's you know? a, and that's a person that probably didn't play sports, right? Yeah, or didn't probably get the opportunity to express themselves out there, or like they're not an artist or a painter or a music. They have like, no outlet. Know? Exactly, that's the most dangerous part because like stuff like this can like definitely change people's lives for sure. For like, sure, yeah, yeah. And I think I was talking about this with somebody else. So you get to do do this on a daily basis, but for the average individual i think that's why going to the gym is so huge Fuck yeah! because there's so <laughs> many things that happen with that you go okay it's january 1st i'm going to the gym so one you set your in- um, intention you set a plan and then you go to the gym so now you you follow through on that plan right. and then you do the work and then you see a little bit of result like oh my god i see that top little ab holy <laughs> shit fuck yeah let's 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 do this you know so yeah. there's so many things going through you set a plan you do it you get some results you you get some progress progress equals happiness and you continue to go through it man i think it's so important i so this is what i included to right so i have a saying that the nfl uses it's called play 60 so which is they promote this commercial that kids should play 60 minutes a day mm-hmm. which they do right so they have in elementary school you have recess you get to go play boom they come back they might take a nap but as an adult we always remember our childhood which is really important we're just big ass kids yeah honestly <laughs> right <laughs> we're just big ass fucking yeah. kids right i yeah. fucking love my ps4 it's a big outlet for right. me i love madden but at the same time, like me being an athlete, I have to train on a regular basis, which is great for me. So that's my play 60. Adults get into the workplace and they're hopped up in these fucking cubicles and on the screen all fucking day, right? Yeah. Some of them can't get to the gym. I'm a big fan of you need to play 60 minutes a day. It could be a fucking walk. Anything. It couldn't be anything. But yeah, like it's so good. It's so freeing for the brain. It just yes. has those good endorphins. Yeah, man. I think I yeah. even think like some of the best ideas come from that too. Yeah, it's so funny you said just a big kid. I was I have a buddy of mine. He comes over to my house uh, once a week, and we just you know we smoke a joint, just chill and have fun or whatever. And I was we were talking, and I was like, dude, I'm just like a big 37 year old, 16 year old. That's all I am. Honestly, I I feel like at 37 years old, I should be. Not, I'm not talking about like more successful in life i feel feel like i should be more mature but i still like (laughs) i still sit there and like just laugh and like fuck around and yeah (laughs) and all that stuff i'm just a big fucking kid just older yeah pretty much pretty much i was sitting at home watching netflix with my wife and she fucking geeked out because she's going through the scream and rocco's mother's lives came on (laughs) and uh she goes like is this a new fucking episode like i've been seeing this since i was like 10 years old and she geeked out you're a little ass kid like yeah. it's just cool so i talked to you a little bit before i want to kind of switch gears one of the things that i was saying is that 99 percent of the people if they look at you and they see you training they go i don't want to fucking i don't want to mess with that guy that guy would kill me in three seconds you know just because of your 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 talent your your expertise your fighting all, all that type of stuff so yeah you look very powerful and you you have a lot of perceived strength right 
But we were talking at the gym the other day that when you're getting ready for a fight or when you're getting ready to walk out, you actually, you have some butterflies or you have some fear going on. For sure. So can you explain that a little bit? Is that every fight you yeah, feel a little bit of every, fear? Or? Every, every fight I should feel that. Regular people can interpret like when you're going to go to a new adventure or like a new world. It's just the fear of the unknown. Yes. It's the fear of the unknown. So like, how do you get over that? So obviously you're you're warming up in the... In the it's not dressing room, dressing room, green yeah. room, whatever yeah, it is. Room. So you're already there. So you're already <laughs> right? you're already committed. Mm-hmm. But you could do some things that you said before. You know, you could fake something to to like not right. go or whatever. Yeah. But I know this is your livelihood. But yeah. how do you get over yeah. the, that fear? Like what so goes through your mind? I, so I have a mental coach. So I have a few stuff that I do to myself for like. I will touch like my hand and that's like my mental cue of saying like I'm the best in the world. Right. And when I start hitting pads, hitting pads doesn't even feel good at that moment. Cause like your body is like fight or flight mode. Right. Okay. So you have to fucking get over that. So a lot of people listen to fucking like Metallica or like something yeah. hardcore. Like I'm about to go fucking fight. I'm the total fucking opposite. <laughs> I you listen, listen to, to like, like Bob Marley or yeah. <laughs> some slow jams yeah. or something. <laughs> some Barry and, White. Yeah, I know. And they're like, is he fucking going on a date or is he about to fucking fight? Like, yeah, <laughs> you know? Right. And it honestly calms my mind. And I take a deep breath. And this is just another fight in the gym that's just out there in front of a lot of people. Okay. Once I get in the cage, it's going to go black. It's just going to be me and him. Like, that's it. You know? And then after I start warming up, it's just like another day. Yeah. And I just remind myself, like, it's just another day. All these emotions are fucking fake. It's just another yes. day in the office. That's it. And I'm just going to go out there and do my thing. I'm just yeah. going to go out there and give it my all. Give it my all. Right? That Anything. right there is so, so huge. So going out for a fight is, in our conversation or for the people listening, is just a symbol of or picture of what everybody goes through. So it's either a, in your case, it's actually a literal fight or it's a promotion or it's starting a business or it's asking a girl out or asking a guy out, Yeah, whatever that fear is. And you said something so fucking huge that all those emotions are just, they're not real. No, they're not real. They're not real. Hey, if I start that business, if I start the business, I'm, I'm going to fail. 85% of new businesses fail. That's not real. That is your thought. It's not a real fucking thing. And it's something that like, um, it's huge. So it might just be a saying, but it's fucking huge to me. I don't forget where I come from. Mm -hmm. So is that just mean St. Louis, Missouri? When I'm going out there for a fight, right? Like when those emotions come in, I don't yeah. forget where I came from because of my training camp and what the shit I fucking been through, right? Mm-hmm. I don't forget what fucking happened. Yeah. And it's something that my strength coach, like one of my other coaches, Nick, told me, and it's been huge in my career. And you might have a fucking bad day throwing the ball in baseball. Maybe the accuracy's off and it's, you're throwing a lot of balls, right? Yeah. Or maybe you're a football player and you can't hit your receiver. Yeah. The one thing that doesn't have a bad day is strength cardio and conditioning mm. that shit always shows up yeah right? you might not hit the marker but you're still fucking fast that's the one thing i always that's the those are the three things you fucking need in a fight and then i don't forget where i come from that that alludes to that brings it all together so like you're gonna get to go on a date like you know what kind of person you are you know like you'll be a great person for that girl don't forget where you come from don't get all nervous about it you know you're a great person you're a guy or you're getting ready for that interview Right, you have all the qualifications because you yeah. put in work. Don't forget where you came from, and yeah. just go out there and just fucking kill it. That's really that's really huge because don't forget where you came from is virtually the same thing as you you got through every single bad day yeah. you've ever been through. Yeah, and then your strength and conditioning, you know, using the the euphemism or the analogy, if you're going to start that business, if you've done the work, if you put in the the time, effort, business plan, research. There's nothing left to do. No. You've done everything. You've you put in the weight. You've lifted the. You've ran the miles. You lifted the the weight. You can't do anything more. Going back to what we said before, is that if you put in all the work, then there's nothing left to do than to have the event. Right. You can't do anything more. It's when you know in your heart and in your mind that you didn't put in the fucking work. You didn't do the research. You didn't put lift the weights. You didn't run the miles. Exactly. Then you go out out into the fight and you go fuck. I I I, I really I fucking yeah. Do I not called like it that in. fucking feeling. No, no. <laughs> that's where that that major fear yeah. com- comes yeah. in, and I, that's where the discipline. No matter what what you're going through, is if you do the work and you know in your heart. 
that you did all you could do. You're like licking you your can't fucking do chops. Anymore. Like, yeah. like, 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 let's fucking get out. You should be excited for that day. Right. Like, you know, a lot of people that didn't probably put in work are probably dreading like, fuck, I gotta like do this. Like, you should be like jumping for joy. Like, the day is finally here. Yeah. That you can show the world what you can do. Like, right. yeah. Let me ask you that then. So during your training camps, during all those things, Every I've said this before. Now I realize it's just a stupid fucking question. But there's days where you don't want to go to the gym. Fuck yeah. Most of the days. There's <laughs> yeah. hurt. There's something like that. So mm-hmm. what do you – how do you get over that? What do you do to get, get over that? Why do you still go? Why are you there still training before I get to the gym and then so, you're still there after I leave? It's something that – once I have my mental coach, right, um, I started to do that I haven't did in a long time. And I did for like the last two or three fights, which I've been killing it. Yeah. Start writing down goals again, right? On paper, because when you write it down, it's just way more powerful, right? You yes. wrote it down, you submit it, right? Um, you just don't say it. Like, yeah, that's you, you put it on fucking paper. Like, that means a lot. Like, yep. you got to fucking do it. So I write down these goals. Boom, you have a fight date here. And I write down like little side goals, like what I want to accomplish. Boom, 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 boom. There was one day. I did not feel well in training camp. And this is very powerful, right? So I came in, dragging ass, probably didn't get a lot of sleep. Body's aching. It's like the fourth week of training camp. I got like four more to go. And my coaches are very connected of just like, hey, if he's like tired in this training session and we went really hard, don't push him another. Like he might not have enough to give, right? So So I won't get injured or won't get hurt. And I came in dragging ass. One of my head coaches is there, Ian, and Jake's there, my training okay. coach, right? Same time. Yeah. They both see me dragging ass. Wasn't feeling well. And I was like, I think I'm going to be getting sick. Is because, like, once you enter training camp, you start pushing, your immune system goes down. And he goes like, well, it looks like we're going to train up to sh- change up the training session because you're, like, feeling this way. I'm like, okay. So I'm thinking, like, they're going to take it easy on me because I have strength conditioning later on that day. I'm not feeling well. They're going to yeah. tell me to get more rest. <clears throat> And then he sits me down and he goes like, hey, we need to have a talk. I'm like, okay. He goes like, hey, today's going to be the hardest fucking training session you ever had in your life. What? I'm like, I told you, like, you saw me fucking walk in, dragging ass, and not feeling well. You're tired. You're sleepy. You're not feeling well. We need to take fucking advantage of this. We need to take advantage of the situation. Yeah. That's exactly what we're going to do. So we're going to get you really tired for three rounds. And we're literally just going to jump you. Like, uh, we're just going to be, you're going to go like three or four rounds, and there's going to be a new guy for each round. Lost the first one, won the last two or three, so I won the fight technically. Yeah. And, which I did. And then he sat me down and goes like, see, there you go. And I just want it. I want to keep it in your mind. Yeah. Even on your fucking worst day, you can fucking beat this guy. How'd that, how'd that make you feel after that on, right, the, like, on the inside and like your right. heart? Amazing, right? Yeah. It's probably the realest shit I ever fucking heard in my fucking life, right? Yeah. In a situation I ever heard in my fucking life. I think something shit like that is every single time I've been I've been on this kick and I've been talking with my wife about this. I've been on this kick. Every single time you don't want to do something, you gotta fucking do and it. And you do it. It's like it's like a it's like a curl. You it's like a mental curl. And yeah. the more times you do that, the more shit you can fucking go through. And then all of a sudden you're like you know who David Goggins is? Fuck yeah. All of a sudden you're like, David Goggins and this fucking savage of a beast is yeah. sitting there, you know. Getting I don't hard. I'm I'm I am not strong enough yet to be in his presence. Right. I mean I hope to, but that guy's a fucking savage. But yeah. I think the more he's done that so many times over and over and over and over and over. Didn't want to do it, did it. Didn't want to do it, did it. Didn't want to do it, did it. Didn't want to do it, did. Yeah. And he still th- talks about that I, shit. And I think like so now, fucking huge. Now because like that one little training session, right? Yeah. Has changed my fucking mental views of fucking do you want to get up today? And I'm like, oh, I don't feel like doing it. I need to fucking do it. Yeah. Like, those those are the days you fucking just get better as a person and better in life and better in the skills that you want to fucking do. Yeah. You didn't feel well. You didn't want to do it. You fucking grind through it, and you're going to become 10 times fucking better. Yeah. And I think that's what se- separates good from fucking elite. Yep. Yeah. I think there's individuals like yourself. There, There's no there's no if and buts about it. You have a elevated athletic ability right. than, than probably some other other people do or mo- most people. But that that's a dime a dozen. 
You know, you and I yeah. both know people that are super athletic that just piss shit away and didn't didn't do the work, didn't yeah. all that type of stuff. And when you have an individual like yourself that's a that has athletic ability and you put in the work oh, and man. you go through that, yeah. then you have the the Kobe's, the John Jones, the yeah. the, the the Michael Jordans, the the Tiger Woods. Those are the people yeah. that are those. Daniel Cormier said it, even though he recently got knocked out by Steve Abe. Yeah, but uh, I was watching his training camp. I might be short, I might be fucking fat, I might be slow, but I'm a grinder and I won't fucking quit. Yep. And that's what separate, and that is how he went to the fucking Olympics and yeah. won like multiple fucking titles in the UFC. Yeah. Because of shit like that. Yeah. Shit like that. Yeah. yeah and I think going back, to, going back to that, I think there's people, obviously he's very talented too, but I think there's people like myself or some of the others out there that maybe don't have the athletic ability for an athletics, don't have the, the, the Steve jobs, um, Elon Musk mind in business, but we continue to go through and continue to push through and we can outperform the talented Yeah, because that whole thing, you know, hard work means talent when talent doesn't work hard. Is really really fucking true. It's fucking you know, true. like people. It's funny how like people are just like don't hit me with that now. Anal- that's a stupid ass analogy. I'm like, it's stupid because it's true, and you're probably not fucking doing it. Yeah, that's exactly why. Ben Askren, Mizzou boy, he is not fucking athletic. <laughs> no, he has the <laughs> biggest. That guy has the biggest dad bod. <laughs> So I didn't, I didn't know. <laughs> keep your keep your trade of thought on, on Ben Askren, but so I didn't hear about him because he was in. I'm a big UFC fan, yeah. And Bellator, and he was in some other, but I didn't really. Bellator. Pay. He was Bellator, and then he was in one. And yeah, then he that's came right. Over. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm primarily a UFC guy, just grown up since um, UFC three and stuff like that. I heard about him, and then all of a sudden it was like, oh hey, I heard that guy's really good. And then I saw him in the weigh-in, and I know that looks aren't everything, but I was like, "This guy's sitting there eating fucking donuts, or what the fuck, man?" Yeah. So he's so, so sorry. So go through. So he Ben Askren, he's not athletic. And what were you gonna say? <laughs> sorry, it's man. Funny because like you're like, is he eating donuts? Like, yeah. So I have a story. Like I'll get back to my other story. It was like fight day. Yeah. And uh, somebody's like. Somebody knew him. Somebody saw that knew me and text me. He goes like, dude, what's up with your boy Ben, man? Like, and he goes like, what? He's like, do I just see him at fucking Starbucks? He was eating a fucking scone. Like, <laughs> and I was like, hey, Ben, like, uh, you know, you got to fight today, right? Like, right. <laughs> you fighting fucking Robbie Lawler tonight. Like, you yeah. know, like, yeah, I know. I'm good. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh... Yeah, yeah. So at Mizzou, like, he, um, like, last to finish laps. Last to do stadium stairs. Um, there's a story that like the climbing the rope, right? The the classic gym rope that's like right. every fucking high school in PE, right? Like yeah. to, to the top. He could even made it up to the top. He made it up to the middle, and then he stayed up there and cried for 15 minutes because he couldn't make it to the top, and then he was too scared to come down, right? Oh wow! So obviously, athletic isn't in his repertoire, right? Yeah. But when it came to wrestling. And as far as technique, best in the world. Really? Oh, walking like, hey. He's elite. Everybody that laughed at me, that who finished first when we were doing stadium stairs, because I finished last, he's like, let's wrestle right now. Fucking destroy him. Yeah. Like, he'll just, oh, we're going to run around, and coach is like, we're going to do this. We're going to do a salt bike. We're going to be in really good shape. And Ben's like, ugh. Like, can I just wrestle for, like, three hours? And uh. just like, yeah. Just did not, like, but... As far as the that's that's the thing though he put in so much work of studying film on wrestling mm. and writing down technique of like if he goes for this I go for that if he does that he goes for that if he does that he goes for that this motherfucker he's nine moves ahead of you like oh, you're he's thinking yes yeah, everybody time. else is playing checkers big time like he's like oh if I go for that I can defend here and there he's like yeah two or three like I'm already twelve ahead of yeah. you. He's like one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Hottest yep. trophy winner, Olympic wrestlers, man. Yeah. That dude's elite. That yeah. dude is elite. Um, 
shit, I can't believe it's already been an hour. Um, <laughs> so I have a, I have another question for you, but before we get into that, so tell everybody where, where can everyone see you online, uh, social media, where's all that type yeah, of stuff? Yeah, so all my stuff is pretty much connected. So it's Ian Butler MMA. You can get me a Gmail if you want to email me. Um, Ian Butler MMA on Instagram and on Twitter. Okay. And yeah, I'm pretty open with like, I'm pretty good at responding. Awesome. Stuff, so and then where can, I know I'm going to put this out. Let's see. Today's the 10th. I'll put it out next week as a bonus. Yeah. So you got the fight coming up on the 28th at the forum. Mm-hmm. And where can people get tickets? And yeah. is there any uh, code or anything like that to get? Yeah, you can use code Butler on Ticketmaster, I believe. Okay. Or if you're in the Southern California other area, you can actually just DM me and I can... Okay. You can come to the gym and I can meet you in person. I'm nice. I'll give you the tickets in hand. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so I have one, one last que- question for you. So someone com- comes to you, whether it be a business professional or someone, you know, in our age group, it right. goes, you know, Ian, I just... I don't know if I can start that business. I don't know if I can continue on in in life. I don't know if I can get that promotion. I don't know if I can push through. What advice would you give them to get to that next level or to to push past their blockage, fears, their right? fears, or their their mental block? I would just say, like, I had a friend, Kristen, that just left her job and she's getting ready to start her own dog business, which she's going to do amazing, right? Look, um, honestly, I would tell them, like, you have the skills, you have the talent. When I first moved out here, I moved out here with, like, $200 in my pocket, right? I just wanted to be the best in the world and train with the best. Mm -hmm. You just have to take a leap of faith. It's going to be hard, but nothing great comes easy, right? Yes. You got to take the load harder, right? Yep. Yeah, and in those times, like, don't get me wrong, like, you're going to feel like you want to quit, move back, do something, but don't. Just keep staying on the path and promise you that would be the greatest business adventure you ever had. Yeah, that's a, that's fantastic advice. And that's another nugget of wisdom in there, and I'm being very honest, is that realizing that you are going to feel like you don't want to do it. Yeah. So understand that first. Understand that it's going to be hard so you know, hey, I know this is coming. So when it comes, figure out how to o- overcome that and kind of go, yeah. go through that. So. The analogy of what fear is like false evidence appearing real. Yep. It's it's just that, man. You feel like you don't want to push. Take advantage of these moments because it, it's not going to last. Tough times don't last forever. Yep. And some people don't realize that. Like just when you're going through them, it feels it like feels hell. Like it, yeah. But it's not going to last forever. You're going to get, you're going to come through it and you're going to be not only about a business person or whatever you're doing, but about a person yeah. in general when you come out of it. Yeah. Well, dude, like I said, thank you very much for, for doing this. You've been through a world of shit. Um, you are a bad motherfucker. I wish you the best of luck on, on your fight going through. Thank you. And you definitely are a true overcomer, and thank I just you. appreciate you, and good luck on the fight. Thank you. Thank you for cool. having me. See you, man. It was a pleasure. Thanks.